to another episode of Not Your Average Operator Year with me, Paul Mellon McFadden, sitting with my two boys. Got uh, Raf and Mike. How you doing, Raf? I'm good, mate. How you doing, man? I'm just out here flying, enjoying the skies. Man, I've been uh, getting back into the exercise. We've got our, our gym opened up again, and I've been uh, finally lifting a little bit again. So that always feels good, and that's going to be one of the things I'm going to sort of touch on today. How you doing there, Mike? Pretty good, man. I just got back from a camping trip in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. So I went down there and took my tent out and a hammock and spent some time out in God's country and got some fishing in, caught a couple channel cat. <clears throat> just had a great time, man. Just got away from all the, the white noises, Raph likes to say, and uh, enjoyed myself. Is channel cat good eating? Yeah, I mean, if you know how to cook. But if it's just Raph, he just puts butter all over it and eats it. And he's just like, well, I know good. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't eat catfish. I'm from the West. No. Nah, whatever, man. You put it, you, you can put everything on a taco. It's not debatable. Bur- or bur- <laughs> burrito bread. Sorry, burrito bread. Burrito bread. Burrito bread. That's for Chaz. Yeah, for Ch- Chaz. Chaz, She likes the E in there. All right, guys. So, uh Yeah. The topic that we're going to be talking about today, we've all been afflicted with this uh, coronavirus. It's impacted us all to a, a greater or lesser extent. And uh, we're, we're going to do a piece here today on setbacks from COVID and what you've done to overcome it. It could be physical, mental, spiritual, emotional impacts. And uh, between the three of us, hopefully we can uh, draw some lessons and hopefully this can uh, make a positive impact for you out there. All right, and so kicking off today is going to be rough. Raf, what, what setbacks have you had and, and, and how have you dealt with it? How have you overcome them? Thanks, mate. Um, so my biggest setback during this coronavirus um, has actually been the amount of separation that I've had from my family. Normally, my work um, has me away for a couple months, but I'm also... Glad, gladly home for several months at a time too. And so we're allowed to do quite a bit as a family. Obviously, coronavirus has restricted our movement. They've restricted um, what we can do. And it's, so it's been challenging. Now, I will, I will start this whole thing with saying I'm at least grateful that nobody that I know so far has actually been physically hurt from the coronavirus, right? Everyone, thank God, um, that I can think of right now has, has one, survive financially, two, survive physically. And for the most part, if, uh, even if emotionally they've been slightly eroded, you know, the other two things are not something they have to worry about. Um, the biggest challenge I actually had was uh, due to the restrictions, I was forced to do quarantine for 30 days. And that was a lot tougher than, that, than I anticipated it to be. What should have been two weeks turned to 30 days, and I don't want to get into the details, but... Um, by the third and fourth week, it was, it was tough, right? It's tough because you're basically in a hotel room, very minimal contact. Um, and obviously, I wanted to be with my family. And I know that the longer that I'm in this hotel room prepping to go to work overseas, that's, that's just that much longer before I get to see my wife and my son. I will say around this time, I happened to put my hands on a book called Defiant. And it's about the POWs from Vietnam. It's the uh, aviators, that were, the air crew that were shot down over Vietnam. 
And I can tell you that as soon as I started opening those pages, my self-pity party started to dwindle and it finally just kind of went away. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't like I suddenly just got over it. I mean, it still stings, right? When you want to be, when you, when you miss your family, you miss your family. There's no way around it. But uh, just reading what those gentlemen went through, I mean, just reshape my, my own perspective, right? If, if they survive seven years in a, in a POW camp, I can survive a month in a hotel without uh, physical contact. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, jump in real quick. I mean, you've, you've stated this before, but how do you get out of your own misery is you take a step back and you're able to jump and live in someone else's shoes and sounds exactly what you just did. Yeah, it, absolutely. And the trick was, you know, because you can tell yourself one time or you can, you know, keep telling, keep keeping that mantra in your mind, but, you know, we're human. And if you're not constantly practicing, uh, it could just as easily creep back, right? Because every time I bring on my phone or my iPad or whatever, there's usually a picture of my wife or my son on there. So that, that sense of missing them would always come back just as quickly. Um, so it's something that I had to constantly just reaffirm, uh, just thinking about what the, not that I was putting myself in their shoes. I mean, I don't ever want to go through what they went through, but one, it appreciated, I appreciated, I think the, the grandeur of the people that this country is raised. I mean, it's pretty extraordinary, right? You think about these people, these humans that survived in the worst forms of captivity for seven years in a hostile environment. Um, so I'm just proud to be an American. I'm proud that I'm even, that I even have a uniform that they wore. Um, not that I'm even comparing myself to those guys, but, um, but at the same time, it also helped shape my perspective, right? I, meaning that I could do it, right? That, yeah, it sucks. Isolation sucks. Um, being extended away from my family, it absolutely sucks. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, I just keep telling myself on the other side of this are the things I love. And that's, and that's that thing that keeps driving me. So the, the biggest setback for me was absolutely that isolation. I mean, it just, it was a lot harder than, than I anticipated. Um, and I've been through Sears school and I've been through some other miserable things, but I was really surprised how difficult it became towards the end. Um, and then on, the, on that piece there, the Raph, one the, uh... is, can I just jump in for a second, Raph? That, that piece you had there about, you know, hearing about some of these guys who've done it much worse than you and, and how you could get benefit from their, that negative experience. I think it's very common in our society. Only compare yourself up to look at people who have more than you or better situation than you. And that comparison is always flavored with envy. And we don't take that step and look down and compare with people who are less well off, people from other parts of the world and just that whole gratitude that's going to always flavor that comparison. And so, you know, what you're talking about there, I think that is a fundamental way to get through any hard time. Sorry for jumping in. No, I, no, I'm actually glad you said that because it actually reminded me about some of the techniques and some of the things that these men would do to try to keep the morale up. Cause you have to remember a lot of these guys would go through isolation for months at a time with, without, ever seen another American, right? They would only see eyeballs behind another peephole or they were tapping because they had a tap code that they would use um, to, to communicate. And so if you can imagine, that was your only sense of contact. There was no touch. There was no, they said that merely just the sight of another American face would like keep them on a cloud for almost a month, even while they're being tortured, even while they're being beat up, just the idea of seeing another countryman. Um, so just to, it just that's really just the definition of how severe their isolation was, um, and so when when I kind of took that perspective, it really helped me 
um, you know, just kind of, again, get rid of my pity party and just realize like, I can do this, even though it sucks, even though I do miss my family really bad. Um, this is, it's not even, you know, it's not even, it's not even apples and oranges. It's like apples and a rock, right? It's not even the same category. Uh, so, but I, but again, I'm really grateful that I got to read the book. Um, it kind of brought me closer to doing the things that I needed to do to, to build my introspection, to build my strength mentally. And then the other thing that, that was kind of a setback was uh, obviously the coronavirus kind of destroyed some of our plans for my family and I. We had plans um, to travel abroad and that didn't happen. But also it, the, just the physical part of it, right? We, um, I was doing jujitsu was doing a lot of physical things and that started to uh, basically kind of take that ability away. I say that because I started to realize when I started kind of uh, reading some of the statistics and not just, again, I'm not talking about a specific news station because I know a lot of things are spin nowadays, but are spun nowadays. But I was reading just the facts, just the mere facts, right? The amount of people that were getting sick, the amount of people that were, that were dying and, and the type of comorbidities that these people were having. And it just kind of reaffirmed the importance of fitness. And so even though I had every excuse in the book about, well, I'm not doing jujitsu, I'm not doing all these other things that I normally like to do to keep physically fit. Um, it kind of re, it just reignited that, that desire to get back. And I think I remember when we talked a couple of times in my hotel room, I said I was doing these prison workouts and that's where that came from. I just started realizing like, man, that your best defense against the stupid virus is physical fitness and a healthy lifestyle. Right. And I, and I really hope that most people wake up and they realize that, you know, I mean, just, just take simple steps to try to get, you know, if you're not in a place you want to be, just take simple steps to get away. Because I think that literally that has been our best defense. If you start looking at just, just clear facts, fitness and health, health have been like the best defense against it. Um, so that was the, again, I, just like everybody else, man, it, it ruined my routine. It ruined kind of my, my chi, so to speak. Um, but I, I fought to get back and, and I'm grateful for it. Right. I, I'm grateful because I, I realized that I, um, I got more creative with my workouts. You know, I was doing these insane prison workouts in the hotel room and I was, I don't know, it was kind of cool. Well, I had a whole but, piece around that as well, Raph. Like I was, anyways, I was trying to hear that the gym shut and, uh, I was like, okay, well I can't do that type of exercise anymore. And I just decided to do like a hard, uh, body weight cut. And so I dropped like a bit over 20 pounds over two months here. And I a hundred percent agree with everything you've just said there. You know, also like addressing that feeling of victimhood, like something's occurring to you. Like there's this restriction imposed on you by something external and being able to do something and take control back inside your own space, inside your own life. You know, in, I, I remember watching you in your room, setting the chairs up and getting some dips going and like, that is a positive thing that generates not just a physical outcome, but a mental, like a, a mental state is shifted because you're now doing something to control your own environment rather than being a victim. I think that's excellent. Yeah. And you just nailed it. Um, so a lot of the POWs would actually talk about those little, just doing little things that they could control, right? Just so that they understood that, Hey, I might be in the Hanoi Hilton, um, but, you know, just by doing little things, like these guys would take thousands of steps inside their little room and they just would count them. You know, Shoemaker, the commander at the time, the highest, the, he was the highest ranking officer, naval officer, 
among the POWs, he memorized over 200 names. Every day he would do this exercise where he would, he would memorize every name. And then if anybody ever got released, they would task that individual to remember the names. And it was all through code. It was all through tapping. It was never names. I mean, it was never verbal, right? It was always tapping. Um, it just, it's, it's pretty extraordinary, man. So again, I'm just proud to be an American. I mean, you read a book like that, you're like, yep, that's, uh, it's pretty amazing and humbling. Good for you, man. So time of trial, reaching out to some, uh, wisdom that's been set down and, uh, finding people who've had a harder time comparing yourself with them and seeing what's worked for them and taking some lessons from these people. So that book defiant. And then also um, controlling the things you can control, getting uh, some physical, uh, physiological shift and leading to a mental uh, state shift. Did you have anything else there, Rap? Yeah, absolutely. And I was actually, just to be completely open about it, I was caught off guard by how it made me feel to be in that 30-day isolation period. You know, like I said, I've done tougher things in my life and it really surprised me. So I just, that's more of like a, uh, just kind of a warning to anybody. You, you just, cause it's not automatic, right? It just kind of creeps in. And then before you know it, you're, you, you realize you're in the state that you're normally not in. So again, I'm not, I'm not a guy that usually holds pity parties for himself. Um, so I was really surprised when week three into four, I was really struggling with keeping a positive attitude. Uh, so yeah. just, I, de- just I definitely found it just, that it can happen to anybody is all I'm trying to say. I found that too. Like I, I'm the same. I'm I'm normally a very uh, like clear-headed. I don't I don't like like fortunately, right? I'm I'm normally pretty square, and I feel I really found some very hard periods with like just being really low, really flat, having being down, and I, like I think it it's got to do with an unknown duration. How long is this thing going to go for? How long is the impact? How widespread is it? That sense of uh, you know family, extended family your culture how much of an impact is this going to have and not knowing all that sort of stuff it can sort of mount and and i was surprised too i was i was exactly the same i was surprised by having these days of just feeling flat and low and uh yeah for sure i felt exactly the same way and i was very surprised as well and my heart goes out to anyone who has that state more often than not you know and hopefully some of the stuff we can touch on today will help out there did you uh want to jump in mike with what your uh big takeaways have been yeah absolutely man um <clears throat> no just listening to raf he had some really good points and a couple things might might come back up but uh so my first thing with all of this was uh you know the the virus hit and started going out and there was initially that I'll say panic because it kind of was um you go to the stores and everybody was buying meat and toilet paper you know, the, the two essentials of survival, <laughs> beaten toilet paper. So <laughs> that initial wave, like, honestly, I wasn't too worried. Like the initial virus wasn't the problem that I was worried about. It was, it was society and the people, um, which leads to my point at first. And I, I still continue to do this through this process now that we're like, what, seven, eight months in is evaluating my circle. So some of the people that I would talk to you every day or just be in like text with or anything constantly, constantly living in fear of like, Hey, did you see the news today? Did you see this report? Did you see this report? You know, well, this is true. This isn't true. This doctor said this, this doctor said that, what do you think? And it's literally like, look, I can't control any of that. You know, like stop panicking, calm down. Like 
what the only thing that you can affect is your everyday life and the pattern that you choose to take. So I kind of had to step away from certain people that were just constantly living in that bubble. And I would have a talk with them and, and kind of let them know that and be like, Hey, you're, you're a little bit too over it. I mean, who wasn't worried? I, I was a little bit worried. I mean, I'm a human being and I live in society and family and friends. Of course I'm worried, you know? And, uh, but at the same time, it's just like, okay, this is just another challenge. This is something unique that's coming down the way. And, uh, I want to surround myself with the best people with the best attitude that can keep us going in the right direction and stay positive. Um, so evaluating my circle, that was, that was kind of the first thing. And I'm still continuing to do that today. Um, the next part of it is, so again, perspective. So everybody in the United States that's out there and you're just like, well, I can't go out to Denny's or I can't, you know, go out to here and sit at the bar and having, you know, whatever. I just want to let you know, in case you don't know this, if you're a member of the United States military, regardless of what the state says, the service member, we have no more rights because we surrendered them to the military. <laughs> so like as of right now, I can't dine out regardless of what the state says. I can't get my hair cut. I can't go out to a public area. I can't go to a park. I can't go to a beach. Uh, I can't have a, a, a group gathering. I can't go to a family reunion, uh, whatever it might be. Okay. So the only thing I'm allowed to do is go out, buy food. I can get takeout. I can't spend more than 15 minutes in an establishment as long, uh, as, long as I'm getting food or medical supplies um, and all this stuff. Basically what I'm saying is restriction, restriction, restriction. Okay. So you want to talk about frustrating. That's fine. I don't have any control over that. I surrendered that when I raised my right hand and this is my purpose. And the whole purpose is to protect the force in case anything happens that we can still go out and defend the United States from outside entities or whatever it might be. So I understand it. Uh, but at the same time, what it caused me to do is redefine my boundaries and work within my box. So yes, this virus has changed my whole normal life of what I'm used to. That's fine. Now I just have a different realm and a different arena. I just have to admit that for one, that, hey, every week I go to the beach and I have my pina colada or whatever it might be. Like, who doesn't want to do that? But guess what? You can't do that anymore for X amount of time. You just can't do it. So let it go admit that and then move on to something else. Okay. So what can I do? All right. It might not be going to the beach, but guess what? I can still sit out on my porch in the morning and enjoy a nice sunset or go out and have a drink or like sitting right there with select people or whatever it, it might be. I can still find happiness. I can still enjoy it. I can still have that relief and, and take a step away from everyday life. So redefine my boundaries, working within my box, acceptance and uh, you know, thrive in it. You know, really, you—it's a choice. I'm—I'm I'm thriving in it. I really am. Um, then the last point is whether I wanted it or not, but because the people that know me in my position, they think that I have the answer for everything. That I'm a member of the military and a government, and they're just like, "Hey, man, you know, it's kind of like one of those things." Is like, do aliens exist? I don't freaking know. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, but people ask you anyway. You know, it's—it's um, it's put me in a leadership position, whether I wanted it or not. So I always get phone calls, texts. Hey, man, do you see what the uh, do you see what the news is saying? Do you, do you see what the government's saying? Do you see, uh, you know, 
I actually had one of the people who commented, uh, we were just talking about her, but she, she texted me and she was just saying like, how are you so positive during this time? She's like, you just have all the answers and you're so positive. Like the last few months, like listen to the podcast and your messages and just us talking, like you're so positive. How do you do it? You have a great life right now. And I was like, wow, uh, life has not been great, but uh, I, I, I'm making daily choices to still find happiness, that there is still tons of stuff that I can do to work in that gray area, you know, and I don't have to make everything one extreme or the other. So being in that leadership position, I found myself talking to people about that stuff of like, how do you live this life that you're living in this pandemic? It's just like, well, it's just going back to the basics and working inside my box and all the stuff I just covered, but it's making the choice to live that way. So, um, giving advice, giving advice, you know, even conversation like the one we're having right now and just opening up the box and be like, Hey, let's talk about it, about the basics. Let's not talk about political views. Let's not talk about any of that other crap that always, you know, is again, is white noise. And, um, let's get down to what really matters. You know, Hey, we need food. Family's important. Friends, friendships are important. You still have to work. You have to maintain income. How can we make money? How can we support our family, our friends, you know, back to the basics, man. And that's just what's, that's what's being asked of you right now as, as a community, as a society, as the United States is going back to the basics. And I think what you've heard from Mellon and, and Raph is just, you know, Mellon is, having a great time because he has his family back. He, he could probably care less about half the other stuff. All he cares about is waking up with his, you know, with, with Michael and Annie and hearing her on the piano and then having coffee with his wife in the morning. That's all you need. It's actually hundred percent true. Yeah. Not, not, nothing else really matters. Like take a break. Like I, I think one of the biggest things that I, that I've really seen is it's appreciation for the things. It, it's like God was like, Hey, well actually, you know, all sources point to China, but we'll just say in this, in this case, God wanted us to take 2020 as a timeout <laughs> and, <laughs> and just have an appreciation year for the things that we really have. And that's the way I look at it is just like, okay, well, I don't have all this other stuff. I lost my freedom of movement. I haven't left my area since February. Okay, whatever. But there's a lot of things that I can stop and be like, okay, what, what really matters? All this other stuff is extra, you know? So, uh, I, I just look at it that way, man. And, uh, don't, I, I do have a good life. I'm healthy. I'm still here. You know, like I said, I have family, you know, that's been coming down and visiting everything since I can't go to them. And that's what matters. Such good points. Yeah. Mike. That's, yeah, I was going to say that that's right on. I, I think the challenge for me was that the things that mattered for me were thousands of miles away. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I really like that one around the daily choices to find happiness. Like being able to look around inside your, I like that part around looking around inside your box, working inside your box, recognize the boundaries are what the boundaries are and just giving up a concern about that. I remember Raf had a piece around uh, many, many podcasts ago about flying his black hawk in combat and uh, not looking 800 meters ahead or 500 meters ahead, but looking like 50 meters ahead because that's the guy with the AK that's going to kill you and you can't even raise your eyes to the horizon. Like just bring your eyes down closer and don't worry about that other stuff. I reckon there's real truth in that, you know, appreciating what you have and, and, and choosing to thrive. Like I have also had... I know I've, I just said I've had some down days, but I've really 
have had some other really great uh, positives during this time as well. Like all those things that you've just said really resonate with me, Mike. Do you want to jump in, Ralph, or are you good? No, I, I was going to say for me, it was, um, you know, it was a mixed bag. You know, it's like I'd wake up, I'd be in a good attitude, but then I, the, the, you know, me missing my, my family would start to creep in, right? It was very insidious. And then I'd have to kind of change that perspective, change that framework and do something, whether it's running up and down the stairs or doing, you know, prison pull-ups or doing dips on the chair. What usually it involves some sort of physical activity or reading this book on Defiant just to be like, hey, stop feeling sorry for yourself, right? These guys these absolute superheroes went through some pretty extraordinary things. You can, you can muster the courage to survive four months of, or, you know, four weeks of isolation. So it was, it, but you're right. It was a mixed bag, right? There's, there's highlight, there's, there's highlight reels and then there's the, the downside too, but um, it's a constant thing. We're human, right? Yeah. I, um, for me, my, my points, I, I did have a hard time. I know you, you guys uh, were sort of with with me through pretty much from the start of this. We started planning to put out this podcast and there was a lot of recording prior to the first release and a lot of chatting. And, uh, you know, I some of that stuff around uh, reevaluating your circle, that that definitely has been really uh, a big one for me. We've, we, we, we're having a hard time. We're isolated. We're, we're losing a lot of restrictions, but we're also in a time with unprecedented reach and opportunity for comms and we can reach out into the world even though we're in these isolated places like the three of us have not done any of these physically in the same space like we're spread out across the world for every one of these episodes and despite the fact that my wife and family were all very distant from me i was able to be in comms with them every day and i just have so much gratitude for the digital connection the ability to see my wife and see my kids and see my mom and uh, to be able to communicate and that was that was a huge one. So having those isolation moments and in those moments of feeling flat, not hesitating to reach out, like taking thirty seconds to send a voicemail to someone you haven't spoke, like just a person's name comes in your head, send a thirty second voicemail. You know, if you've got a minute, write a text message. You've got a bit more time, get on a jump on a a WhatsApp video or a, a FaceTime with them. Um, the the <laughs> the boomerang that comes back of comms. I just found that so good. Like I just, I have like literally 30 seconds, just sent a burst of a few little voicemails out to people whose names had appeared to me. And, and I just have had such great uh, conversations with people. Um, another one is isolated people don't just need to check in. Like some of us could be like, we want to check in on our parents and ask how they are. What your parents miss is the ability to be able to make a difference in your life. Like they raise us, they contribute to us. Their meaning and purpose comes from that uh, contribution. And so being able to reach out to people and actually asking people for help. I read some studies on this recently where they were talking about re-engaging people and asking for help and the difference that that makes in this time of isolation in terms of generating purpose and meaning on the other side. So rather than like just doing a check in how are you and so on, like asking them to do something and you know, hey, I need some help with this. I know that I've seen on the Not Your Average Operator page, there was like the five the five things, do you, what do you find hard? And every single person was like saying, I find it very hard to ask for help. And that's definitely me. But being able to just get in the comms with people, just short little things, you know, can you help me out with this or help me out with that? I've found that there's a connection that has, uh, you know, it's gone a long way. Yeah, I think the other uh, one is- with, with that real quick, man, is just 
you know, if, if you're working from home, you wake up in your pajamas and it's just like, well, you know, at first I'm sure that's great. And it's just like, man, I can work in my pajamas every day and just kind of sit around. But then like after a week, it's kind of like, okay, this is kind of, kind of getting old, but still all right. Cause I, I, I think everybody at the beginning was just like, wait a minute, I get to work from home for the next month. Like, Oh hell yeah, dude. Like, you know, you can tie one on it, you know, at night and wake up and do your own thing. And everybody was like, cool. It's kind of like paid vacation almost, you know, in a sense. But then after that first month, man, of just like, you know, the, uh, you know, what do they call it? Like, I'll call it like the honeymoon phase. Like it started fading and, you know, and it's just like, man, things are starting to get dark. There's not a lot of hope. You can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like this kind of sucks. And then you start feeling, you know, like kind of like Raph was talking about being in isolation and being stuck in a hotel room for 30 days and can't talk to anybody or go out and do stuff or be with your family. It's just like, well how can you can you need a connection like as a human being we are born off connection like whatever it is like that's how we're built whether it be verbal nonverbal, or anything and you know honestly i just want to reiterate sending a text is okay but being able to hear voice and have interaction or even paying a visit is like you have no idea what a person's life is like you have no idea what hell they could possibly be living in Facebook is a complete lie in social media. <laughs> it really is. When you see the people that are posting motivational stuff and just smiling all the time are the people that are probably hurting the most because they want the most attention. Oh, you look so nice. You look so beautiful. Your, your butt looks great in your yoga pants, you know, like whatever it might be. They're lonely. They probably want the attention because they're sitting at home in a dark spot. All right. So it's just like, you know, so, something to think about on that communication piece. But I, I really like what you said there, Millen. A hundred percent, Mike. Like my next point was actually around that other people are doing it tough too. And exactly what you just said, people are still maintaining that sort of veneer on the social media of everything's okay. Like people try to put their best foot forward, but none of us know what these other people are dealing with. And everyone else is having these low periods as well. And so my, my next point was just like kindness goes a long way. You know, like always but more now than ever you don't know what these other people are dealing with so smile be first that's been on one of our other uh podcasts initiate the friendly comms and create or 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 check on the backstory like check how these people are doing uh in the back in the background i had um one of the things that really really worked from uh cherry and i was we watched a lot of netflix together like we managed to time it and that digital connection, queuing a movie up or watching a Netflix show, the, the point I'm trying to get across is you don't need to be physically distant, uh, physically uh, close to be emotionally or spiritually or mentally close. Um, we, our, uh, our FaceTime chats and stuff transition out of like just sit there looking at each other and talking into just like just pottering around the kitchen as if you're in the same kitchen together checking with her on where the ingredients were or how do you make that, uh, you know, that beautiful Filipino dish that I love. Uh, what were the ingredients for that? And her talking me through it and just having life carry on through the digital connection that you can. And to be hundred percent honest with you guys, our relationship reached a new level. Like our communication got better. We dealt with some stuff that probably never would have been dealt with. And we sort of came through this time of separation much stronger. So my piece there is uh, you don't have to be physically close to have real uh, 
strength and and, and, and closeness emotionally. My other one is um, create a clan, create a tribe. And I want to let you guys know that you two were a really big deal uh, for my mental ability to deal with this coronavirus, knowing that we were going to have a serious conversation once a week, once a week at least. There was going to be a conversation that wasn't what's happening at work, or what's happening in the politics or what's happening with uh, health or economy or whatever. It was going to be a conversation about things in life that are important, you know, things that big topics, these things that we've, we've talked about and it's had me in a really strong frame of mind. And I would just encourage people out there in the world to generate a, their own group. You, you'll all have people, friends or family that you know, that you're close to and you can all have these serious conversations. So create your own clan and tribe and try and have some kind of routine conversation. And, and you'd be surprised what happens over the course of a, of a few weeks once you're having a few, few of these under your belt. And the last one is just echoing Raf, um, talking about stress and exercise. Like the adrenaline is pumping around the body. The, uh, the body's producing all this toxic stuff that's ready for the fight or flight reaction and if there's no exercise it just circulates and it's not good for you so wherever you can exercise and burn that adrenaline off get that cortisol levels under control and uh, have that physiological shift and you'll find your hopefully your mental state follows and that was definitely the case for me you know i don't want to backtrack but uh you know one thing that you said is that that relationship that you know you you and uh you and chesa uh kind of built but i remember the one time we were talking on, on the computer and, uh, you know, Mellon had his phone out and it was like, I mean, it, it was the middle of the night almost. He was just up making some meat, meat and veg or something like that. He was just, he's always, he's always eating. And, uh, and he was just looking and I was like, what are you looking at your phone for? And he's like, Oh, uh, Cherry, Cherry's sleeping. I'm just watching her sleep like all night. He just had it, had it on. He's sitting there watching her sleep and he's just like, yeah, I just feel like a connection. Like I can just look at my wife whenever I want to. And she's just laying there sleeping. And it like really showed me like the development. We talked about this journey before that we've been on, but he, you know, he's by himself for three, four five months. This is going along with no hope or whatever. And just being able to like look down and see his wife sleeping is very powerful to him, you know? So, uh, I mean, I'll be honest. It, it really taught me a lesson and I told Raph about it. And then the next night he's calling me at like two in the morning and he's like, good night, I'm going to sleep. He's leave your phone on. And then he wants me to watch him sleep and get all weird. But so, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it, he still does it and I still like to have to tell him no, but the point is it's grown our friendship. And I just want to thanks. Thank you for that, Melon. You know, it's a very good lesson. <laughs> I'll just say it's probably <laughs> classed as stalking if it's not your spouse. Okay. So <laughs> don't go there. Um, yeah, so like, like we, we came through this really well. Like, like we had hard times, but I know it, it does sound a bit odd. It was the time zone, so it'd be my afternoon would be her like quite late at night. And, uh, you know, like I'd, I'd uh, have, a, have a day off or whatever and uh, we'd watch Netflix. And I'd be, I'd be a, a month in, I was freaking lonely. You know, I'd have like eight, nine hours on my own after she's gone to sleep. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd ask her to leave a FaceTime on and I'd just sort of pot her around the house yeah, sounds weird, but you're used to being <laughs> you're used to being with these people, you know. Like I don't think any of us we haven't evolved to be on our own, you know. Like primates are always in groups, you know. The worst thing that they can do to punish if you're in prison is to friggin' put you on your own, and it has a massive impact on people. Time on your own, 
So, you know, however you can reach out. Like I've had a, a whole bunch of mates that I went to high school with that I, these weren't particularly like close friends, but all these guys have sort of had a social media connection sort of pop up over the last five or six months. And I've been in contact with guys that I haven't spoken with for more than 25 years. You know, and this is just like an example of how we can use this digital uh, media that we have to, to, to connect and sustain and have a sense of community and a sense of, you know, sense of belonging. Yeah, I actually, I, I completely concur. And I actually like that idea, right? Uses digital media to, to connect and not divide. Cause I feel like there's a lot of division with us kind of like what Mike said, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in Instagram and Facebook and you know, it doesn't, I mean, if you have, I guess, uh, if you've seen enough of it, you start to catch on to, to the fakeness or the veneer, if you will, the facade. Um, it's not really what, what it's, it's all smoke and mirrors. Well, it's, it's, it's a psychological thing too. I mean, it, it's literally been proven multiple times. Um, if uh, you hear something and see something enough, well, then it must be true, right? That's, that's just a psychological fact. Uh, that's a tactic used by, I mean by the media, by the KGB, by the CIA, like so many people, it's just a well-known thing. If that's all you're surrounded by, that becomes your reality. Your brain will automatically go to, well, you know what? Maybe this is really reality now, you know? So. And it's, it's also true that um, people that have done studies on that negative news is retained more clearly and recalled more vividly than positive news. And it's got to do, it's a survival thing. Like, you know, back when we were all primates, you could only be killed once. So like if you saw the bear, you needed to really remember where the bear was. But if you saw the honey and you forgot where it was, well, you could survive for, you know, 10, 15 days without food. And so that negative news, like that old media line of if it bleeds, it leads. We are in the environment right now of doom and gloom. And and the media are having a field day. People are at home, you know, on online or watching the the, the media channels their ratings are through the roof and they're just pumping one negative news story out after another. And it, it really wears people down. And so, you know, I'd encourage people to try find some factual stuff. There's a guy out there, his name is Steve Pinker. I know he's had some uh, really great chats with Jordan Peterson, Tim Ferriss and uh, Sam Harris, Steve Pinker, better angels of our nature. If you want to just get some good overall news about how the world is doing now compared to 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, like this is a, a momentary blip in an otherwise really amazing progress we've had, lifting people out of poverty, rates of uh, infant mortality globally, not not just in like the US and Australia. It's amazing times, but you'll not read one story about it because it's it, it's not a it's not a massive thing that happens on a Tuesday. It just happens all day every day, and we can be surrounded by this negative stuff that just floods in. And, you know, you need, you need to choose your news sources. I know, Mike, you were talking about evaluating your circle. You can go out and find the information rather than just turning things on and listening. Just find people who are experts. Like, get some people with some qualifications and well-published professors and stuff and see what these guys are saying. And I'd, rec- I'd recommend anyone who wants some positive stuff from some, a very well-researched man, St- Stephen Pinker. You know, I think, I think the, the last thing I want to bring up is just, you know, all these are really great points of like how we got through and positivity and like what your choices are. You need to maintain these through and also think of, you know, I, I, kind of the next ridge line, right? What happens when this is over, right? 
are you going to be able to go out to the store and be within six feet of a person? Can you hug people again? It's going to be super awkward. I know everybody's kind of had this conversation about being like, whatever. But at the same time, if you instill these, these things of being like, hey, evaluate your circle, go through like, who can you trust? Like, what, what's your environment? What, what's your box to work in now? You have to evolve. You have to evolve. Okay. If you choose not to, you're, you're going to get left behind. You're not going to live the life that, that you possibly could. You're not going to amount to what you really want to. And you're going to get stuck and live in that fear for the rest of your life. Look back in history. You know, there's that the saying says, you know, those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. There's been plagues before. There's been other types of stuff like polio. And, you know, they didn't know how that was. There was the AIDS pandemic. How does AIDS spread? You know, like, look at, look at history. It'll show you how, like 90% of like what you should be doing and looking at. We're not reinventing the wheel in 2020. <laughs> like, it, it's, a new, it's a new virus, but society for the most part, I mean, it's still kind of the same. So be thinking of the future and, and what you're going to do when the time comes to, it's time to change back. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's a, a time of stress, you know, we've got, it's an unknown duration. It's an unknown depth of impact. And I know that there are some people out there who've lost loved ones and, and our hearts and our, our prayers go out to those people. Um, and there's, varying degrees of impact you know but we've all been we've all been impacted and we're all in this together so i've had some points there from uh raf around uh you know finding some great thought leaders he's got his book defiant compare yourself up versus uh having that gratitude when you when you look how bad things could be and everything you want to be in your life's on the side of hard work the uh the physical fitness and uh work out there in the in the hotel room Mike, evaluate your circle, which I absolutely love. You can only control your own life and your own pattern. Redefining boundaries and working inside your box with uh, acceptance and the decision to thrive. I reckon that's a really powerful mindset of controlling that outlook. Daily choices to find happiness and appreciating what you have. And from, uh, from me, they're using the digital connection that we have. Uh, connect in new ways. Take the time when a name pops into your head, send them a message, reach out. And uh, you don't have to be physically close to be emotionally close. Uh, find a clan or create a clan and try, and try and set a time to have some conversations that are powerful and you'll be surprised at the impact in your life. And again, that last piece of uh, burn the adrenaline, get out of your body. So it's a, it's a tough time. Uh, we've got some points, but we don't claim to have all of them. And we'd love to hear what you guys have been doing out there to, to get through it. Uh, what has worked for you? What have you found uh, that has been powerful and, and how have you been able to thrive? So from uh, the three of us, you can hit us up at uh, not your average Raf, not your average Mike 77 and not your average Paul at gmail.com. We love a review, uh, you know, only five stars, of course. And uh, until next time, <laughs> until next time, take care and, uh, you know, reach out and check on your community. See if there's someone in your Circle is doing it hard and see if you can't make a difference to them. All the best.